As tax preparation season is upon us, I'm starting to receive documents from clients. I've already noticed that there are sometimes receiving improper donation receipts or acknowledgement letters, whether you are creating them or you're on the receiving end. If the acknowledgement letter simply states the amount of contributions received or made for the year, that does not pass IRS standards. Take a listen to find out just what information that document needs to have. Hello, my name is Michelle Brown, and I love all things business, church finances, and books. In this podcast, we're going to learn the ins and outs of church finances, minister taxes, and how to run a church office or your business while keeping Jesus at the center of everything you do. So grab your notebook and pen, my friend, and let's get ready to learn something cool today. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 58 of the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. As you know, I believe that note takers are history makers, and there is always something you can take notes on, so let's get started. First, here is today's quote by Mr. Winston Churchill. He says, quote, success is not final. Failure is not final. It is the courage to continue that counts. So I say to that, keep on going. Don't stop. Continue on the path you feel that God is leading you down. Now, on to today's episode. When you file your taxes, every return starts with one of two deductions, either the standard deduction, which means that you take the automatic amount the government allows for your filing status, or you can itemize your deductions if you think they will add up to more than the standard deduction that you would qualify for. With the 2023 standard deduction being $13,850 for single filers and those who are married but file separately, then $27,700 for those who are married and file a joint return, and then $20,800 for those filing the head of household status. It is estimated that roughly only 30% of taxpayers will actually itemize their deductions. One of the largest calculations you can take for an itemized deductions are your charitable donations. And that is where we're going to camp out at today, since according to the Interdisciplinary Journal of Research on Religion, congregations in the U.S. collect around $74.5 billion in donations each year. Regardless of your church's share of that amount, we need to make sure that we are acknowledging those donations correctly. Let's start with what the IRS has to say about this. I will be referencing publication 56, or excuse me, publication 526 and publication 1771 both discuss charitable contributions. Since most taxpayers make contributions to churches by cash, check, or credit cards, that's the type of requirements we're going to cover today. According to IRS publications, the IRS imposes record keeping and substantiation rules on donors making charitable contributions and disclosure rules on charitable contributions that receive contributions from donors. First, let's look at the donor's responsibility. Donors must have a record of the contribution or a timely written communication for any contribution before donors can claim a charitable contribution on their federal income tax returns. The IRS considers cash contributions to include donations made by cash, check, electronic funds transfer, online payment services, debit cards, credit cards, payroll deductions, or a transfer of a gift card that's redeemable for cash, okay? So they consider all of those when they say cash contributions, they include all of those items. 
Donors cannot deduct a cash contribution regardless of the amount unless they keep one of the following. Okay, I'm going to give you one, two, three, four, five items, six items here. A bank record that shows the name of the qualified organization, the date of the contribution, and the amount of the contribution. Bank records include either a canceled check, a bank or a credit union statement, a credit card statement, an electronic fund transfer receipt, a scanned image of both sides of a canceled check obtained from a bank or credit union website. Okay, so those are the forms of bank records that the IRS accepts as proof of donation. Next is a receipt, and this is whether it's a letter or other written communication such as an email from the qualified organization or your church showing the name of the organization, the date of the contribution, and the amount of the contribution. All right. I also suggest that if you're writing uh, checks that they include the check number. Okay. And then the third way is payroll deduction records. However, donors are responsible for obtaining a what the IRS calls a contemporaneous written acknowledgement from a charitable organization for any single contribution valued at $250 or more before they can claim a charitable contribution on their federal tax return. What that means is that the IRS says it's the donor's responsibility to make sure that they receive the written acknowledgement letter from the church if they donate $250 or more. I personally don't think that should be the responsibility of the donor because if the donor is kind enough to give you your church a donation of $250 or more, the absolute least you can do is send them an acknowledgement and a thank you letter, you know, acknowledging the kindness and the generosity of their gift. All right. So it's kind of weird that the IRS says it's the donor's responsibility, yet in the publications, it puts the requirements for the written acknowledgement from the church. Okay, so it says it's the donor's responsibility, but then it also says, okay, churches, this is how you're supposed to do this letter. <laughs> so with that being said, let's move on to the church's responsibilities. The written acknowledgement required to substantiate a charitable contribution of $250 or more must contain the following information. All right, so the name of the church, the date the donation is received, the amount of the cash contribution, and include the check number if they gave you by check. A statement, okay, there's three different statements you can do. Either a statement that no goods or services were provided by the organization, a description and good faith estimate of the values or goods or services, if any, that the organization provided in return for the contribution. I'll give a quick caveat there. What I think that one, when I hear that one, I think of when I was on staff at the church, we did an annual youth uh, Valentine's banquet. So people would come in and they would have a cake auction. Okay. So first of all, they would pay $10 ticket to get the meal. Okay. And the meal was probably well worth over $10 because they cooked phenomenally there. But then they would have a cake auction where they would bid four $500 for a cake that probably cost five bucks to make. Okay. Or if you were to buy the same type of cake on the Kroger shelf, it would be 20 bucks. Okay. So the, the amount or the value of the cake was not deductible, but the amount above that, that they gave above and beyond the value of the good would be tax deductible. All right. 
and then also a statement that goods or services, if any, that the church provided in return for the contribution consisted entirely of intangible religious benefits. The IRS also says that the written acknowledgement must be contemporaneous. I said that here just a few minutes ago. For the contemporaneous written acknowledgement to be considered contemporaneous, like seriously, they could come up with a better word than that, a donor must receive the acknowledgement on or before the earlier of either the date on which the donor files their individual federal income tax return for the year of the contribution or the date including extensions for the return. Charities, including churches, we always you know, recommend that you send out written acknowledgements to donors no later than January 31st of the following year. And what this means is that a taxpayer cannot file their tax return on February 21st, 2024 and claim donations given if they have not received that contribution statement or they don't have these other records to prove the amount donated. Okay, so you can't file your tax return and say, oh, I donated $5,000. It was all cash last year to my church, and you claim that on your tax return. Well, that doesn't do you any good, and you're, legally you're not allowed to do that unless the church has sent you a statement stating that they received $5,000 in cash from you. Next, although the church definitely has more flexibility when it comes to the donor acknowledgement letters. Most churches choose to send a formal business style letter and this type of letter typically follows this simple outline. So I'm just going to give you the basics of these are the things you need to include in your letter and then you can customize it as you want to. Number one, print it on a letterhead or a PDF with letterhead. Okay, your letterhead should feature your organization's logo and your address and I've seen several uh, contribution statements, even from big national nonprofits, that include their FEIN number. Okay, that just proves that they're a nonprofit. You can go online and verify it. All right. So next, you want the date that the letter is written and signed, the donor's name and address. This is usually found under the date. A salutation, which is just a fancy word for saying like, dear. Miss Donor, okay? Make sure that you personalize it with your donor's name. A lot of software now makes it easy that where you can pull names from mailing list and it'll insert those first names in there for you. You can write one or two brief paragraphs stating how grateful you are for their gift by including, just give some examples of how their donation can be put to work towards your mission, such as, you know, because of your generous donations in 2023, we were able to send a team to Honduras on for an overseas mission. Not sure if Honduras is overseas or not, but foreign mission. There we go. Foreign mission. Or because of your generous contributions last year, we, we were able to um, host 146 children in vacation Bible school and of which we had eight professions of faith. Okay, so let them know what their, their funds are going for. And then depending on the number of donations that, you, that they gave individually, you can put them in the body of that letter or you can add this as a cover letter and list the contributions on a separate page. Next, you just want to do a closing remark such as sincerely or warm regards or many thanks and then have somebody sign it. Your donor acknowledgement letter should be signed by the church treasurer or administrator. They should not be signed by the pastoral staff as your pastors should not be involved in knowing how much your members are donating. Okay, that's just kind of one of those things that can get kind of wonky 
Um, they just don't need to know that. So for an added touch, ask the signing um, individual to sign it themselves in blue ink so that the recipient knows it's an original signature and not a photocopy. And then if they just want to write a personal note, you know, if you want to take your letter to the next level, ask those signing the letters to also include a quick handwritten note of gratitude customized to each donor. You know, that's just a general simple outline that you can follow um, to do your acknowledgement letters. And this is the most common way to acknowledge your donors. You can choose to send your letters through the mail or you can send them email. That's also allowed. Once you get a process in place to tackle this, you know, task, for this year, put it, create you a standard operating procedure next year so that when it's time to send out these acknowledgement letters, you know exactly step-by-step step how you're gonna do it. And keeping a copy of this year's acknowledgement letter for reference next year can save you tons of time and brain power, all right? And that is going to wrap up another episode, my friend. I pray that the information provided helps you to make sure that you're getting the correct written acknowledgements into your members and regular donors' hands so that if they do qualify and need to itemize their deductions, they have the proper documentation. And until next time, my friend, let's all strive to make an impact and not just an income. Take care and remember to always look your best, do your best, and be your best. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you learned something new or were inspired in any way, please do me a huge Omongo favor and leave me a fantastic five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people to find the show and then share this episode with someone who you think it could help. Until next time, my friend, be blessed.